Well, hey, this is James. Welcome to the podcast. This is Journey Church, and we're a church that exists so that people will meet Jesus and journey with him. We're in our launch team phase right now, and so what you're going to hear in this podcast are recordings from our launch team huddles as we prepare, put in work, and lay the groundwork, creating the culture for who we're going to be and who we are as a church as we get ready for our grand opening in March of 2022. So come on in behind the scenes, take a listen, and my hope is that you will join us for the journey because the journey continues. Let's listen. So so for the past several weeks, we've been uh, talking about the journey way, and this is all about our values. It's, it's who we are, and, and you might say that maybe about your family. Uh, this is just the Davis way or the Allen way, or like this is who we are, um, and, it, and it captures uh, just what's important to you. It's how you operate. And so over the past several weeks, we've been talking about our values. Last week, we covered the value gratitude as our middle name, and we said uh, everyone has... Uh, we all have names, uh, first name, last name, and most of us have middle names. Our first name is what makes us unique. It's who we are. It's what people call us by. Our last name associates us with something bigger. Uh, and then uh, our middle name is like in the center of who we are, even though it might not be brought up a lot. And so we said, for us, Journey is our first name. It, it, it's what distinguishes us as a church and all of our values, the Journey way, falls into that. It's what makes us unique as a church, as a community. And then church is our last name. We're uh, connected to something grander, larger than ourselves. But gratitude is our middle name. And we talked about the truth that we never want to take this for granted. We always want to be grateful. And if we show up grateful, we'll show up with an expectant attitude. Uh, If we show up grateful, uh, we'll realize that we get to, we don't have to. It's an honor and a privilege to be a part of something like this, that God has been writing a story for all of human history and he calls us to be a part of it. And when we join in on what God is doing through the local church, we get to be a part of this and we are so grateful for it. And so you don't have to go to church, you get to go to church. You don't have to serve in church, you get to serve in church. You don't have to give, you get to give. And so we always wanna have uh, this mindset and attitude of gratitude. Uh, And so one of the things that we talked about last week was giving. And uh, this past week, I sent an email out for everybody to see that uh, the way to give is through PushPay, and you can sign up for that on our site. Uh, If you have not signed up to begin giving that way, one of the commitments that we all said we're going to do as part of the launch team is give. Uh, We're going to commit to tithe because um, it's great if you pray for what God is doing here. Your prayers empower us but your resources enable us to do the thing that you're praying for, right? And so um, one of the things we said that we're going to do is we're going to commit to give. When we give, uh, our heart is in that thing that we're giving to. And that's not me saying it, it's Jesus saying it. Jesus said, wherever our money goes, our heart follows. Uh, So uh, when we give, we care more about something. You can't say that you care about what God is doing through this launch team if you're not giving. Uh, That's just how it is. Uh, That's a way of the human heart. So we've committed to make Sunday nights a priority. Thank you for making this a priority. Uh, We've committed to praying for what God is going to do in us and through us. We've committed to serve. 
and we've also committed to give. And so I sent out that information for you um, to be able to set up giving. If you haven't done that yet, uh, I want to invite you to do that this week. So uh, that's where we have been. Uh, gratitude is our middle name. What we're talking about tonight. Uh, Could a question yeah. Uh, no, so everything, uh, so some, so some back story on it. Right now, um, our articles of incorporation are through the rising. Our 501c3 is still the rising. Uh, our EIN number with the state and the government is the rising. We're going to switch all of that over uh, once uh, I develop an oversight team. And that'll be our board of trustees, essentially, like through the government and all that stuff. And so through that, you then have minutes that you submit to the uh, Virginia State Corporate Commission. And um, then you submit all the paperwork for a new EIN and 501c3 and all that stuff. And so uh, something you guys could be praying about for us is this week on, Wednesday, on Tuesday, on Thursday... Uh, Irene and I are driving to Shenandoah for a two-day church planting assessment. We were set to do that in Texas uh, a month or so ago. Uh, the day that we were going to fly out, American Airlines canceled our flight, and so we weren't able to go. We weren't able to get a flight out there until a couple days later, uh, so we just missed the assessment. So now we're doing a private assessment uh, this, t this Thursday and Friday. Uh, and then once we pass that assessment, which I'm sure we will, uh, then uh, since we're planting through Waypoint, which is a church planting organization, they're going to work to provide an oversight team. And that'll be my uh, board of trustees or uh, whatever, so that we can then do that paperwork to put everything as journey. So... Uh, so that's the backstory of it all. So when you buy something through Amazon Smile and it goes to the rising, it's still tied to the same bank account. Yeah. Um, and when you give through PushPay, uh, all of that stuff, it's labeled as Journey, but it's still tied to the rising because that's what our EIN number is and articles of incorporation are and all that stuff. But it still goes to the same bank account. It still goes to the same... Same guy. Yeah. It's all going to the same... Uh, same mission, so. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so we have church planting assessment coming up this week. Um, it's a two-day thing, and so be praying that we would just exceed accordingly. Um, so tonight, uh, I want to talk about the value. We be what we want to see. We be what we want to see. Uh, you know, as a pastor, one of the things that I get to do is I get to meet a lot of people, uh, and people tell me their, their stories. I meet all kinds of people, from uh, realtors to insurance agents to uh, people who do technical work in the back scenes, people who do childcare, musicians, producers, graphic designers, government contractors, all kind I get to meet all kinds of people. And uh, one of the things I love to do is connect people with one another. And so like uh, on a Sunday morning, if somebody, if I'm meeting somebody and I find out um, that they're a musician, I can be like, oh, have you met 
this person, they're a producer. Like you should talk with them uh, and then just see how I can connect them. Or if I'm talking with somebody and they're like, oh yeah, I'm really into cars and all that. I'm like, oh, have you met this person? They're a mechanic. Like they could, you know, talk with you about this. And so I love connecting people with one another and, uh, and introducing people to other people. And, um, and here's, here's what I want to find out. If, if there was a night, like you came tonight, um, and, and I were to introduce you to, to somebody, like, like what if you came on a Sunday night and I said, hey, I got to introduce you to somebody. And uh, I brought that person over to you. And the person I introduced you to was you. The question I want to ask is, what would you think of you? And, and I don't mean like I brought you uh, a mirror and I said, hey, look at yourself, this is you. But I mean, what if I were able to introduce you to the future you, like you five years from now, right? First, you'd probably say, okay, where's the DeLorean? Because I want to take a, a, a ride in that. But a little back to the future trivia. But, um, but if I were to introduce you to you, the five-year-from-now version of you, who would that, how would that person look like and be and act? And, and you can think about that by, by thinking about who you are now and then thinking about who you used to be five years ago. Like, think about who you were five years ago and think about who you are now. If the person five years ago met you now, what would you five years ago think of you now? Would you be impressed? Would you be excited? Or would you be a little depressed? Like, like you five years ago, if you met you now, would you be like, oh my gosh, what did you do with your life? Or would you be like, oh wow, this is, I, I can't believe I look that good, right? I can't believe that I'm living that way, right? If you five years ago met who you are now, would you be proud of who you've become? Or would you be ashamed of who you've become, right? Like I think about me five years ago. If you were to tell me five years ago that I'd be where I am now, I'd be like, are you, that, that's crazy. Like, wait, wait, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be starting a, a new church? Like, I never would have imagined that five years ago. I mean, things are going so well. Things are going so great. I never would have imagined I'd be in this spot here and now seeking to start a brand new church, right? If, if you told me five years ago, hey, you're going um, to have a son who's going to be wild and untamed. I'd be like, oh, what? Are you kidding me? Like, it'd be great. If, if five years, if the me five years ago knew, like, if I was introduced to me five years ago and it's like, hey, you're going to do this thing called 75 hard and you're going to like not drink for 75 days and be on this diet for 75 days, you're going to lose 20 pounds and, and all this stuff, I'd be like, no, there's no way I could ever do that, right? Or, hey, you're going to run 100 miles in the month of May. Like, this, I'd be like, no, there's no way. That's not, like if you were to meet you five years from now, how would that person be? Would they be a little slimmer? Would they have added to their waistline? Would they be healthier? Would they be smarter? I hope they'd be smarter than you are right now. If you were to meet you five years from now, 
is that somebody you want to be? Is that somebody you would want to become? And you can just think about the person you were five years ago. Are you that person now? Are you the kind of person you always hoped and wished and dreamed you would be? If you were to graph out your life over the past five years, has it been up? Maybe there's been some downs in it, but has it mostly been up? Has it mostly been down? Or has it been pretty stagnant? Has it been a straight line? Like who you are today, is this the person you dreamed you would be five years ago? And the question is, if you were to meet you five years from now, is that going to be the person you long to be? See, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, the only person you're destined to become is the person you decide to be. The truth is, what you do today will determine who you'll be tomorrow. And so if you want to be somebody different tomorrow, you got to be somebody different today. If you want to see something different in your life, you have to do something different in your life here and now. The truth is we be what we want to see. And if you're not seeing what you want to be, then you need to start being something different. And I wonder how often we complain about, we feel uh, stuck, we uh, just aren't progressing, and it's like, why is it? And the answer is because you're not being what you want to see. And you may say you are, but when it comes down to your actions, you're not really, right? It's the person who wants abs. I know you want abs, but are you willing to say no to the fried food? Are you willing to say yes to the diet? Are you willing to eat right? Are you willing to go to the gym? Are you willing to do the cardio that you hate to do? Because I know you want to see that, but are you willing to do what it takes to get there? And we make all the excuses in the world, don't we? Well, well, I eat pretty good. I eat in moderation. I mean, I don't have time to go to the gym. I just hate cardio. I got bad knees. I can't whatever, right? And so, so I know, I know that's what you want, but the question is, are you willing to do what it takes to get there? And if you're not willing to do what it takes to get there, don't be surprised when you don't see it, right? I know you want a great marriage. I know, I know you want it to feel like it's a honeymoon all the time. But, but the question is, are you living that and are you doing that now? Because if that's what you want, I want a great marriage, but you're cussing at one another, you're fighting, you're throwing stuff, you're snarky with one another, you respond with sarcasm, then what you want to see is not going to happen because that's not what you're being. See, we be what we want to see. Um, if you want to be out of debt and you want to live free in that way, the question that I would ask you is, are you living on a budget? Are you saying no to stuff? Are you frivolously spending your money? Are you being creative and coming up with another source of income? Because if not, I know that's what you want to see, but you're not going to see that unless you be that here and now. And we come up with excuses and reasons why we can't all the time and we justify it all the time. I want to be close to God, but you won't even come to church. I want to be close to God, but you're not even reading the Bible. I want to be close to God, but you're not even praying. I don't like reading. I, I got things coming up on Sunday morning. I'd rather do this. Okay, just say that. 
be honest with yourself instead of fooling yourself wondering how come I'm not seeing this? Well, you're not seeing it because you're not being it. Whatever I want to see in my life, I got to be that. See, I'm not, I'm not a farmer, but I do understand the concept of reaping and sowing, right? Um, so my wife and I used to kill plants all the time, um, but, and Irene was real bad at it, but then she decided to become a plant lady, and so she got like all these plants all over the place, and we couldn't keep a house plant alive at all, but then she just determined, I'm going to be a plant lady, and so she got all these plants, and she's been taking care of them, and they're growing, and every day I get to hear, this one's growing a new leaf. Like, it's, it's amazing how she's making this grow. But despite all that, um, what we know is the concept of reaping and sowing. See, if I want to reap basil, I know I need to sow basil seeds. I don't even know where you get basil seeds because all I know is basil is is a leaf, but apparently there's a seed. And so you plant the seed and you'll get basil. If I want tomatoes, then I need to plant tomato seeds, right? Um, if I'm wanting tomatoes, but I plant basil, I cannot be surprised that I don't get tomatoes because what I plant is what I'll grow. What I put in the ground and take care of, that's what it's going to produce. And I wonder if oftentimes we get frustrated in our life because we're expecting a harvest of something we've never planted. I want my business to grow but you're not cold calling people. You're not willing to hit uh, people's doors and market yourself or go online or create uh, Facebook ads or Instagram ads or whatever it is. I know you want your business to grow, but you're not planting, you're not doing the work required to get it to grow. I want my marriage to be great, but you're not dating one another. See, what you plant is what you'll grow. We get this. And, and this isn't uh, something new just for our church, right? We be what we want to see. This is actually like the way the world works. We live in a reaping and sowing world. And Paul actually explains this in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. He said, don't be deceived. How often do we deceive ourselves thinking we're going to get something after we hadn't planted it? You didn't plant it. Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. People reap what they sow. Those who sow to please their sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. Those who sow to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Sometimes we want to plant something and then we show up the next day like, where is it? Yeah, it takes, it takes a little longer for that seed to grow. So I know you just listen to this podcast and all of a sudden you're going to be a millionaire, but it's going to take you some time of investing, of being wise with your money, of doing a side hustle, of, of not having a car payment, of buying used cars, of, come on. And so it takes some time to get there. I know, I know you just got convicted after hearing a sermon and you want your marriage to be better. And so you told your husband or wife, 
things are going to change and, and you think that the next day you're going to be on cloud nine, but you're not. It's going to take some time to rebuild that trust again. It's going to take some time to, to do some things differently, right? To see that. So when it comes to seeing something, you can't just all of a sudden change and then think it's going to happen and then get frustrated when it doesn't happen the next day. That's what happens sometimes. People will start coming to church and they think, I'm doing the right thing. I'm following God. I know, but it's been a, it's been a week. Like, you got to give it some more time. You got to continue to practice these principles to begin to see some change. And this is what Paul says when he says, don't, don't become weary in doing good, but keep on, press on, continue on. Because you don't know how close you are to the breakthrough. And what happens is sometimes people will come to church and they'll give it a try. They'll stick around for three months, six months, a year. They'll serve, they'll whatever. And then they start to get weary in doing what's good. You got to press on. Even as we're going through this process of starting this church, it's what? Um, it's August right now. We're looking at a launch time of March of next year. When we get into November, when we get into December, don't become weary of what we got going on. We're building something. We're planting something. And we're expecting a harvest come March. But we can't expect a good harvest unless we plant what we need to here and now. That's why it's so important to be part of these launch team meetings. That's why it's so important to grow our launch team. Because if we go to launch in March and we barely get off the ground, that's why we call it launching. Because my goal is for... For, for this movement that we have going on, to get up off the ground. Um, if we barely get off the ground and we just <laughs> sputter, well, the, the question is, did we do the work required over these past eight or nine months to get us to a point to launch large? And so I harp on making Sunday nights a priority, not because I need y'all to attend for my ego or anything like that. It's so that we can grow together so that we can put in the work required to become the church that we're going to launch so that we can get to know one another. We can build community for one another so that when we're this friendly, welcoming church, we're not faking it. Hey, welcome to our church. Praise the Lord. Glad you're here. No, but we've built, we've built this community where we care about one another. We love one another. You know, we're, we're in this together. And so, um, so that's why I harp on this because we're putting in work now, right? And I just wonder if there are times that we're over-expecting in an area where we're under-investing. And this isn't true just with starting a church. This is true in your own life. This is true in your work. So I know you want the promotion, but the question is, are you, are you giving your all to your job? Are you honoring your boss, right? So whatever you want to see, you got to be that. Now we be what we want to see. Uh, Proverbs chapter 29 Verse 18 says this, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. Where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint. Revelation is God's word, God's direction. Wherever God's word is not directing your path, it's easy for you to cast off restraint. When I read God's word and I say, okay, I need to align my life with what his word says, 
then there are things that I otherwise wouldn't do that I will do because God's word says it. And so I'm putting restraint on myself. I'm saying, um, I'm going to refuse to do that. I'm going to refrain from doing this because I'm aligning my life with God's word. And so because I'm aligning my life with God's word, there are certain things that I will not do. So I'm not going to go out on a Saturday night and get drunk so that I miss church on Sunday morning. I'm not going to go out on a Friday night and get drunk because I'm just not going to get drunk because God's word says that I need to be of sober mind, right? There are things that we just won't do. Because I want to align my life with God's word, I'm going to put on restraint. And I know everybody is living together before they get married, but I'm not going to because I want to avoid every hint of sexual immorality. And so I'm going to put on restraint because God's word is directing me. Where there is no revelation, where God's word is not directing you, you'll do whatever you want to do. But when you have God's word directing you, you'll put on restraint. Love is patient. Love is kind. So when that person says something to me, I'm going to put on restraint and hold my tongue and not say something back to them, even though I really want to. Where there is no revelation, though, where you're not trying to live by God's word, it doesn't matter. You just cast off restraint. You just do whatever you want to do. And when you cast off restraint, you live wild and untamed. And it leads to trouble. Just think about some of your past mistakes, some of your past regrets. It comes from being unrestrained. <laughs> but when we put on restraint, we'll do the right thing. And that restraint is called discipline. Discipline. So I know you don't want to wake up early, but maybe you need to so that you can start winning the day. I know you don't feel like eating right, but when you got a vision, another way that Proverbs 29, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Proverbs 29, 18 reads, is where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Or where there is no vision, the people perish. When you got a vision, here's who I want to be five years from now, then you'll put on restraint and you'll begin to do the things you need to do now to get where you want to go. So I got a vision to get rock hard abs. I'll put on restraint and not eat dessert. I got a vision to get debt free. I'll put on restraint and not buy that thing on Amazon just because it makes me feel good. I got a vision to have a great marriage. And so in light of that, I'm going to set up boundaries so I don't date losers. You see what I'm saying? So when you have a vision, you'll put on restraint and you'll say no to certain things because what you're doing is you're being what you want to see. You, we, and, and it may sound so basic. It may sound so simple, but I, I'm, I keep going back to it because I think it's so easy for me to forget that oftentimes I will see that I'm not getting the results that I want. And the truth is the results I'm getting are geared towards the things that I'm doing now. Whatever I'm doing now will get me the results I'm going to get later. So, I'll give you some examples and uh, I want to see some areas that you've decided to drill down in in your life and do some things to change and become somebody you want to become. Uh, earlier this year, I heard about this program, 75 Hard. 
and it's not a, a weight loss program, it's not a physical fitness program, it's a mental toughness program and a discipline program. And the idea with 75 Hard is this, that um, for 75 days, you do two workouts, 45 minutes each, one has to be outside, they have to be separated, so you can't just do it back to back. Two 45 minute workouts, one has to be outside, uh, no matter the weather, no matter how cold it is, no matter how hot it is, it has to be outside. Uh, you have to pick a diet and stick to it for 75 days. There's no cheat meals, no alcohol for 75 days. You have to read 10 pages of a nonfiction book every day. Um, you have to drink a gallon of water every day, and you have to take a progress picture every day. And if you mess up in any of those things, if you fail in any of those things, you have to start back over from day one. So if you're on day 25 and you didn't finish your gallon of water, you got to start back over. If you're on day 46 and you read nine pages and not 10, you got to start back over on day one. If you're on day 74 and you don't get that second workout in, you got to start back over on day one. Yeah, you staying up late and making it happen. Exactly. So I heard that and I thought to myself, there's no way I can do that. That's tough. I mean, give up drinking for 75 days. That's probably the hardest thing. There's no way that I can do that. And that was the very reason why I needed to do it. So I told Irene about it and she was like, cool, let's do it. I told Dave about it. He was like, I'm not doing that. And then he did it. <laughs> and so we, we did it together in this journey, right? And I've talked to other people about it, and they're like, there's no way that I could do it. But here's the thing. I did it, and for 75 days, I stuck with it, and I discovered I was more disciplined than I ever thought I was. I had greater mental toughness than I ever knew I had. Um, again, and I lost 20 pounds. I started to see my abs again. It was phenomenal. <laughs> But I saw that I was stronger than I thought I was. And I realized that what I was getting in my life is a direct result of what I was doing. And I wanted to see something different. I wanted to develop greater discipline. I wanted to develop greater mental toughness. So I started doing this. And it transformed me into somebody else. Some of the things I learned from it is I stopped making excuses and giving into the BS that I fed myself. I stopped uh, making excuses for others. I started seeing the excuses others made for themselves because I was making those same excuses in my life. I, I realized the BS that so many of us tell ourselves and believe because I was doing all that too. And when I did this program, it brought it front and center for me. That's how I live. I make excuses when things get tough and when, when I don't want to do something, I don't do it. I quit. I give up. And what I discovered through this program is because it's hard, 75 hard, you can't modify it. As I talked with some people about it, they were like, I really want to do that. I'm inspired to do that. But what about, do you really have to do the second workout or... What about, can't you just have a cheat meal? No, and that's the problem that many of us do when we approach life. We try and modify it to make it easier. But life is not that way, right? Sometimes you got to do the hard thing to see the results that you want to see. Again, we be what we want to see. 
No, no, you can and, and what I realized too as I was doing this is that there were times where I just wanted to quit and I wanted to give up and I said, is that the kind of person that you want to be? A kind of person who quits and gives up when things get difficult, when things get tough. No, that is not who I want to be. And so I pushed through. And then I discovered that as I was being that, I was seeing that I'm the kind of person who can push through, even when things get difficult, even when things get tough. So through this, I started becoming the person I wanted to see, and now I am that person. Um, and so after 75 Hard, I did phase one of that, and I, I won't get into that, but part of that includes a cold shower, a five-minute cold shower every day, and the purpose of that is just to do the hard thing. Don't nobody want to take a cold shower unless you're masochistic. Um, but There you yeah, go. You you call it yeah. meditation showers. I call it torture. To <laughs> but um, yeah. so so but that's something too where okay, it's difficult. But again, am I somebody who shrinks back from doing the difficult thing? And and sometimes and I don't know, you gotta you gotta measure where you are in life and you know, cold shower isn't the end all be all. And doing a program like this isn't the end all be all, but it'll teach you, am I the kind of person who shrinks back from doing the hard thing? Uh, am I unwilling to do the difficult thing? Do I, do I prefer comfort uh, and convenience, right? And so, so I did that. And then um, I was inspired to do this challenge where in the month of May, I was going to run 100 miles. And so I mentioned that to a lot of different people. And Maricel was the only other person that I knew of who said, let's do it. And so she took me up on that challenge. For her running 100 miles in the month of May is, is nothing. She runs a marathon a day, pretty much. But um, it was tough for me because I'm not a runner. But I realized if I'm going to accomplish this goal, then I need to run a 5K every day. And so that meant I had to wake up early and I had to put in the miles even though I didn't want to. If I was going to see that through to the end, I had a vision. I had to put on restraint. I had to do some things that I didn't want to do. I had to do some things that were difficult. If I was going to see that, I had to be that every single day, little by little. Reaping and sowing is not a thing where you sow it and then it grows up just like that, but it's every single day doing the hard thing or doing the thing you don't want to do every single day. It's showing up and giving your all. We want to be the kind of church. I want you to be the kind of people who if you say you want to see something, all right, put in work, you got to be that. If, if you want to see a great relationship with your kids, you got to show up every day. And are you going to make mistakes? Yeah. Are you going to lose your patience? Yeah. Are you going to get it right every time? No. But you still show up and you say, I'm going to be the best example I can be to my kids. And that means that I'm going to love my wife. That means that I'm going to pour myself out for them. That means I'm going to discipline them, but it means I'm going to show them grace and kindness and compassion and patience as well. If you want to be the kind of person who has a great relationship with your kids five years from now, it begins now. We be what we want to see. So I want to ask you, what do you want to see tomorrow? Do that today. Do that today. Um, so I want to find out, as you think through this value, we be what we want to see, 
What needs to change in your life tomorrow to help you see what you want to see so that you become that person five years from now you long to be and not look back five years from now and say, well, I didn't, I didn't move the needle much. Just one thing. What's, what's something that needs to change in your life tomorrow for you to start becoming that person? The thing you say, I know I should. I'm going to one day. Do you need to start a diet? Do you need to join a gym? Do you need to start reading a book? Do you need to look into going back to school? Like, what's the thing? What needs to happen tomorrow that's going to help you be what you want to see? And, and, and we could go around and have everybody answer. But here's, here's what I want us to see, too. A lot of us just said some things that we need to do and we know we need to do. And we probably say we should or I'm going to try. I'm going to give it a shot. The problem is we've said that before over and over and over again. I know I need to. I'm going to. Yeah. The thing is, do it tomorrow. Do it. It's, it's the, it's, when I was looking at 75 hard and I was like, there's no way I could do this. Okay, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to try it next week. It's like, no, let, we just had to do it, right? When you, when you wait until you're ready or whatever, like the problem is oftentimes we say what we are going to do or want to do or need to do or should do and we never actually get around to doing it and there never is any change. The key is we be what we want to see. Not just we say what we want to see. Saying it can help you take the step to being it, but you got to move from saying to doing. This is what James says in his letter in the New Testament. Faith without works is dead. So you got to put this into action. We want to be the kind of church. We be what we want to see. I want to talk about what this looks like in a church context, in a church setting. Now, all of what we've talked about is really what it looks like in your personal life, in your personal setting, and you got to master this in your own life. Here, here's what I'd recommend. Doing 75 hard. And if you hear that and you're like, oh, no, that's too tough, that's the reason why you need to do it. As we're looking to hire people to be on our staff, one of the things that I'm going to highly urge and encourage, perhaps even require, is that the people on our staff go through 75 hard because of the benefit that they're going to gain from it. But um, here's, here's what it looks like as a church. See. Uh, every organization, every company, every family, every church has a culture. And culture is just who we are, how we operate, how we do things, right? And we've been talking about the journey way. That's our culture. What we've been talking about is our culture, who we are, how we're going to operate. Uh, your family was like this, where um, maybe just growing up, it was like there's a certain way that we operate. And so you don't leave the table till everybody's done. That's just how it is growing up in our family or whatever it is. Or maybe it's uh, before we go to bed, everybody cleans up their space. That's just how it is. That's how we operate. Um, or uh, you say, yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. That's how it is. That's how we operate. That's your culture. And you knew growing up, uh, you'd say to your parents, but Johnny's mom lets him have candy at night 
and your parents would say, I'm not Johnny's mom. What they're saying is that's how they do it in their family. That's not how we do it here. We do it differently. We have a different culture. So what we're doing as we're meeting together as a launch team is we're developing our culture. Here's who we are as a church. Here's how we're going to operate. Here's how we're set apart. And that's the journey way. And so if anything ever bumps up against culture, we can say, whoa, 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 that's not how we do things here. That's not who we are, right? And the thing with culture is culture is like a garden. It's going to grow, right? And in a garden, things are going to grow. If you tend a garden, and if you plant what you want to see in the garden, then you will get what you want growing in that garden. If you don't tend the garden, and you aren't intentional about what you plant, then you'll get weeds, and you'll get things you don't want to grow. We want to be the kind of church that's very intentional about what we want to see growing, and that's our culture. So our values, the journey way, is our guardrails, our seeds, us tending what we want to see in our garden. Um, so when it comes to our culture, there are several ways of living that out. First is, when it comes to the culture, you have to know it. And so I've given you the journey way. It's these list of things. We recklessly run with and toward Jesus. Gratitude is our middle name. We be what we want to see. Real is all we know. We bring it. And he and we are greater than just me. That's our values. So when it comes to culture, the first level is knowing it. So I gave it to you so you can put it on your phone so you can see it all the time and memorize it and know it. The second level, deeper, is being able to explain it to other people. Oh, well, it's because we recklessly run with and toward Jesus. That's why um, we're doing this uh, Basic 7 challenge starting in January. Y'all ain't know nothing about it. You're going to know about it coming up. But, oh, it's because we recklessly run with and toward Jesus. If somebody's gossiping or they have, whoa, 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 that's not recklessly running with and toward Jesus. We don't do that here. Uh, somebody has a negative, pessimistic, oh, we recklessly run with and toward Jesus. Let's correct that. So it's being able to explain why we do what we do. So know it, explain it. The third level deeper is live it. Because you can know some stuff and explain some stuff, but not live it. We want to be the kind of people who live the journey way. And then the fourth level deeper is defending it. And this is where when there's breaches of culture, it's like, no, 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 wait, let's, let's talk about that. Let's have a, a conversation about that. And these are hard conversations sometimes that we have with people. If we want to be a certain way, sometimes it means that we have to correct and we have to receive that correction. And so um, it means we have to drop our ego and we have to be the kind of people who are humble to receive that. Um, so, as we wrap up, if we want to be a church that's welcoming, we need to be a kind of people who are welcoming. So, next week, when new people come into this room, 
or hopefully we'll be meeting outside. A question I have for you is, are you going to greet them? Are you going to say hey to them, introduce yourself? Because we won't be a welcoming church unless we start right now. We be what we want to see. If, if we want to be a generous church um, that's helping our community, that's giving away tons of money, that's helping teachers in our school system, or that's helping uh, kids who don't have dads um, by hanging out with them and being a male figure for them in their life, First, we need more guys to join this group. Um, all the ladies, thanks for representing. Um, and if you got a male counterpart, I want to be like, where are they? Um, but, uh, but if we want to be generous, if we want to see that, then we need to be gener- the kind of we need to be people who give. If we want to see kids discover that God loves them and 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 for kids to know God and have their identity be in Him, then we need to be the kind of church that pours into families. Um, Whatever it is we want to see, we have to be that. If we want to be, um, if if we want to see people coming to know Jesus, then we need to be the kind of people who are inviting them to church. If, If we want to see that, now we can say we want to see that, but we won't ever see it unless we be it. We be what we want to see. Uh, If we want to see our city, our community, our families get better and um, our workplaces transformed and become places of light, then we need to be those agents of change in our workplace. Uh, So we be what we want to see. And um, as we continue in our time together, we're just going to keep coming back to that over and over again so that we become the kind of people who make up this church as we build this foundation from which to launch. Hey, well, thanks so much for listening. My hope is that you were inspired by what you heard and your inspiration would move you to action and you would want to join our launch team. You can check out more information and join our team at thisisjourney.church. You can also give there to support the ministry. You can sign up for our prayer team to be praying for what God is doing in and through us. But my hope is you'll join us and get in on the ground level because the journey continues.